we always if hello we do, everyone who have we just defamed uh, <laughs> sam um <laughs> does he live on humberston avenue not anymore the thousands, of people live, there's, there's thousands of people live on Humberston Avenue these days. It's it's far from exclusive. Oh, has it got a brass plaque? Is it? You know, it's just bloody. It's just bloody. There's millions of houses down there now. I've told you a million times about exaggerating, mate. I got loads. Yeah. Of sorry, sorry, mate. Yeah, yeah. We'll put it this way: Humberston School's going to need, need 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 a need an upper tier soon. Hang oh, on. Really? Is, this, is this a full time thing now, Bruce? This this angle. Ooh. I'm on my I'm on my phone now, mate, because the PC used to be shit, didn't it? You you'd start the pod, I'd hear the first few minutes, and you'd actually finished. Yeah, the, then it was done. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on a you know a rearranged day. By the way, uh, I'm at the England game tomorrow, so you know. Um, and we have nothing better to do on a Saturday night. Well, what is there to do on a Saturday night? TV shit. I'm a dad. You're a dad. Bruce is a dad. What are we doing? There's nothing. I'm home alone, mate. You're watching Home Alone, or you? I'm slightly no, I worried. Am, I am. Claire's at work. Maisie's at that age now. She's at the roller disco. Due back any time. What's but, the roller uh, disco? If a dad's at home on his own, we're interrupting some quality time with himself. No, I'm. I'm, I'm. I'm all. I'm all yours tonight. <laughs> That's amazing. What's the roller disco? Because when I was a kid, it was the aqua disco. You have to have to go down to Meggie's uh, leisure centre. Well, it's like the Aqua Disco. Sorry, the Aqua Disco. Oh, it's the Aqua Disco. Sorry, um, it's the um, it's the Aqua Disco with roller skates, but not in the water. Is so it in, in the, the swimming pool though? It's in the sports hall. Which sports hall? Uh, you like, uh, pleasure. Oh, okay. I, the Aqua yeah. Disco was all right. Yeah, it all gets a bit. There's, there's lots of young kids, and there's lots of testosterone and the female version of testosterone flying around it, it can be a bit lively i believe but you've got to let them you've got to let them out into the open and you know expose them to these things haven't you to prepare them for don't, don't use late, the word like for, young for, kids for, 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 for later life for later life and shopping in asda <laughs> shopping in asda i used to love shop do you know what it used to be a main source of income for me when i used to work in town and i used to have to my dad used to drop us off because he used to go to Pettit's and he used to start at like 6, 5.30, something like that. And then he would leave me. So I'd go to Mackie D's and I wouldn't start work till like half eight. Um, and so then I'd walk to Asda and it was before, just as they'd brought in these automated checkouts. And so all the people that came in that were pissed would forget their forget their change, especially the notes. So I used to get like five, ten pound notes at least once a week from Asda. From just someone forgetting to bring it out. So, cheers very much. Thanks very much, everyone. You were uh, paid no, for now. Now you live in Leafy Surrey. Yeah, it's, well, it's how I afforded the deposit on the house. <laughs> <laughs> so, Grimsby made you the man that you are today. Oh, absolutely. Literally. literally. Morning, Andrew. How are you? Um, yeah, do you know what? Oh, I wish I was, Andrew. I've got a couple in the fridge. I should have brought one, shouldn't I? Sorry. Is it Magnus anymore? Does Magnus still exist or is it something else? No, it's, no, it still exists. Yeah, either that or the got, ones I've got are massively out of date. But I don't think that's true. I, I got a message today from um, someone on Facebook that I've, that's added me that listens to the pod, and he listens from somewhere really extreme. I'm just trying to find it now. I might need to put my glasses on. Sadly, up. Um, where is oh. it? Messaged me this morning. Brandzone mistake. Brandzone. They'll, they'll they'll be grateful to get any sort of coverage next year. Um, 
What does that mean? Is it? You, you two keep talking and I'll, I'll come back what, to you in a minute. What, what did that mean about the Brunzo? <laughs> oh, that's Hull, isn't it? Sorry, I'm on a, I was thinking Scunny. Sorry, that was shit. Oh, sorry, yeah. No, um, no, 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 about no. Bromsgrove when they play them next year? Is that where your mind's gone? Banbury, mate. They're off to Banbury next year. They need to... But Bramby... Bramby... Bambi. Uh, Banbury are somehow in the conference... They're in the conference north. That's near Oxford, isn't it? Yeah, it's near me. Same with Gloucester as well. Gloucester in... Um, oh, I mean, uh, that's just unlucky, isn't it? It was the... Um... I mean, Town, Town did join the first ever season of uh, of Division 3, which was actually uh, basically the Division 3 South. So they were the only team from the north in it. Um, that must have been a pretty shit season for away days. Oh, good for me. Um, um, can I also just thank everybody as well for giving me tips on how to get to Wembley tomorrow? Because I don't... Unless it involves the torch and drinking copious amounts of booze, I'm I'm kind of lost. Uh, but um, I I should have really not asked on the podcast because it's just just park at Stanmore. So thanks, guys. But I I do live in Surrey, so then I'm driving all the way around to the other side of London. <laughs> oh, I found it. The message was from David McLeod of the clan of the clan McLeod for anybody that is a bit old like me. Then, um, but. Uh, uh, always look forward to uh, from Stornoway. Where's Stornoway? Top north. It's in the um, it's in Scotland. the uh, Orkneys, isn't it? I know that's quality, isn't it? So hi, David. Thanks for listening and watching, or whatever you, however you're taking the pod. It's in the Orkneys, Outer Hebrides. That's good effort, isn't it? That is. I mean, yeah. Tealby can fight can feel quite remote, but that's nothing in comparison to Stornoway. That was it. So how are you both anyway? You, um, Living the dream, mate. Of, yeah, you've. It feels you. you, you I, I, I don't mind admitting that you, when you put your message on the about the, doing the pod tonight, that I, uh, I suggested that maybe we could have a week off, um, and you two both, you two both poo pooed it and said we've just been in the quarterfinal. But I, I, I've been to Mansfield since then, and I've, been, I've watched this draw at home again. It feels like Brighton feels weeks ago, and it was only last Sunday, not even a week ago. Yeah, it's mental. Well, do you know what? We got. I got prompted by the the Brighton Albion Raw podcast to ask if we were doing anything on it. I was like, I don't really want to. We lost five nil. Like, no, you're, you're <laughs> right, fellas. You're all right. Yeah, okay. I'm sure you do want to reminisce, but I'm all right. <laughs> and do you know what? The the further we'll, we'll do something proper on it at some point. I'm sure we'll do an FA Cup thing. But um, the more that I'm thinking about it, the more I'm thinking is like the the first half was fine, but then the second half we let it get away from ourselves a little bit and. Um, that was it wasn't you know Bruce you were worried about it being a you know a Chelsea a 7-1 it wasn't that but it it wasn't far off does that make sense yeah I mean well I mean they when, when you get that sort of scoreline they 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 missed quite a few opportunities as well didn't they oh yeah um, Matoma missed an absolute um golden one in front of us didn't he but I think yeah but I think you I think you probably need that I, I mean I said coming out that you know, I'd have been absolutely delighted. I said ages before, three or four. I'll take, I'll, I'll take that now. And you know, we've gone into stoppage time or the last minute. It was four, and they didn't need that little bit of good fortune with the deflection off waterfall. I know it was his own mistake that led to it with a tired. I would call it a run out of defence, but it wasn't even that, was it? Um, but yeah, they didn't Storm, need that little bit. Stormed out of defence, Bruce. They didn't Storm. need that little bit of luck for the fifth, did they? And I mean, Crokham went down like. Well, I'm not even going to comment In on stages. that. It was, just, it, it was very slow, put it that way. And it, whether, he's cramp, whether his cramp was kicking in by that point, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. I pressed it. This looks a bit posh. Um, 
Right. Um, I'll tell you, okay, before we do the podcast proper, let's have a little bit of a game to cheer us up. So I have currently got up the 2022-2023 league table for National League North. Can you, we're going to do a quick round robin and you, the last one to ha- name some teams, the most humiliating, the better, please. Um, could could I just say, before we do, we do anything, is it is it not unfair to play any, any game that involves football-related trivia with Bruce? I'm sure it'll be all right. He's forgotten how to tie his shoelaces because he remembers that in 1986 an offside was given. It wasn't offside, but that's it wasn't offside. in a Sunday league game. He just knows that information. Like, crack on. No, right, no, go no, on, I'm, Mike. I'm not, I'm not that good. What, what do you want to know? So uh, it's going to be a bit of a round robin. You two have got to give me teams from National League North. Who are Scunny going to be playing next season? So current, so I don't care, you know, if they're running away with the league or going to get relegated. Who's it going to be? Go on, Mike. You get first first shot. Fly filed. I just filed. Said. Yes, filed. Flied. That's in Scotland. What, <laughs> what about you, Bruce? It's worth remembering. Uh, filed five points clear at the uh, top. Boston. Boston United. Yes, absolutely. Mike. Any more? Hereford. Yes, sixteenth. Alfreton. Alfreton, yes, 10th. Our, one of our favourite away days. Banbury. Banbury, yes, you remember that one rightly. You're going quite well at this. Um, any more? Go on then, Bruce. I think you're going to win this one because I think Mike's um, going to... I don't think, I, don't think I, am. I have just had a look at the table, to be fair, and I still can't remember any of them. <laughs> um, um, Bradford Park Avenue, bottom of the table, looking like they're struggling. They're not bottom of the table. They're second bottom. Oh, sorry. But, um, I mean, the way their form's going, they will be bottom quite soon. Yes, Bradford Park Avenue. Gloucester. Gloucester. I think they got relegated. No, they didn't. Eighth in the league. Because you said oh. them a minute ago. That's the only reason. I'm, I'm in Paul Groves, Paul Groves managed them. Um, oh, who's that lot in? You know, I'm, I'm really struggling now, and it's probably because I'm not even thinking that hard. Um, What's your favourite bottle of mineral water? Oh, Buxton, uh, Buxton is it? Yeah, Buxton. Fuck what about you, Mike? That's a, that's a cheat, isn't it? Um, Mike, what about you, to even it up? Um, Peterborough Sports. Peterborough Sports, yeah, they're, they're current manager. God, Bruce. Well, I don't, I don't Peterborough need Sports. Out. Peterborough Sports are in the Conference North. Yeah. That's mental. Um, they're above Boston. Yeah, who's that team? Farsley, Cel- Farsley Celtic. Farsley Celtic, yes. Yes, 20th. Yes. Do, I, do I not get like a mineral water hint that you had to give Bruce? Yeah, when you start struggling, I'm going to give you a hint. I, mate, struggling. I'm struggling with the first answer to be <laughs> <laughs> uh, Russell Slade and Max Wright's former teams. Oh, Scarborough. Scarborough, there Scarborough. you go. I went 20 minutes on bus. Go on, Bruce, coming in your ears. Oh, surely. <laughs> <laughs> I like your clues. Uh, this is good. Um, oh, oh, um, that's a bit too south. The, maybe Mike, the only team that plays in two countries at the same time. Oh, Bruce has got it. Plays in two bloody countries. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think you have to have a corner at some point. Kingsley, Maisie, Kingsley. Well, it's not. Yeah, okay. but fine. I know it's not Kingsley, but Maisie, how was the roller disco? Maisie, Alex wants to talk to you quick. Oh, she's no, gone, all, she's gone all shy, mate. How was the roller disco? At the moment, the way that Magnus is, is, is like... 
Did anyone what? break their nose? Did anyone get... Oh, wait, sorry. Did anyone get injured this week? <laughs> it's, like, it's like an interview with Paul Earth. Oh, somebody gets <laughs> somebody gets a twisted ankle every week, mate. Ah, oh, too much beer. Too many apple sours. Will they make it in time for Saturday? We haven't even started the podcast yet. Right. Is that right with Kingsland, by the way? Kingsland, you are right. Yes, obviously they got relegated. Uh, Chester. Chester, yes. Uh, Mike, uh, James Acaster's favourite team. Kidderminster. No, but Kidderminster is the team, yes. Yeah. Oh, it's James O'Brien. Uh, are, 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 um, are Darlington in there now? Yes. Oh, this is going quite well, Mike. I'm, I'm quite. I'm very impressed with all of both of you. <laughs> oh, right. I need a clue, mate. I need a clue. That's not the other two clues you've given me. Um, Blythe. Uh, yes, I was going to go. This is Sparta. Blythe Spartans. Yep. Coming up against him on Tuesday night, Bruce. This is North. This is North. Uh, who's that bloody team from Yorkshire that we drew with away from home uh, in the conference? Um... Simon Hodson uh, is saying he's really liking the product placement. I mean, docs are uh, going to be really annoyed at this podcast. <laughs> I'm going to um, have a phone call from Will by the end of it. Oh, it was that team in bloody Yorkshire. Um, Justin's saying the not, table's it's reflecting It's not the in table, it's the comments. <laughs> uh, oh, I'm struggling. There you go, look. My mind's going. I've had too many pints of Madri in the bar. It's the Mariners' Trust's fault. Oh my god, I win this. One with a weird uh, name. Sorry? There's one with a weird name. Aren't they all weird? Scumthorpe. No, not yet. <laughs> Next year. Uh-huh. Are they relegated yet? <clears throat> Are they officially down? No. I I still think uh, they're I, I, I give in, I give in, I think I give in. I think we need to move on from this piece. Do you know what? Hard. Yeah, well you both did it exceptionally well. AFC Telford is one of them. Oh, I had that. I had, I had more to come. I went, I've I been to Telford. Book Book's head. Spenny Town. Curzon Ashton. Southport. I'm surprised you didn't I've get that. I've been there. Yeah, I've been there. Uh, and I think that's all you missed, actually. Brackley Town was the other one. We've not done well bad done. there, have we? Oh, do you know what? I'm impressed with both of you. I don't and, think you know, I'd have got any more, to be honest. I think... <laughs> and no, as a... I think it was that team in the... Somebody, right, somebody that's listening... A team in Yorkshire, somewhere near Leeds, that's sort of off the M62, and I can't think what it was. Guysley, where are they now? Are they not even in there? No, they're not there. And do you know what? As no. a reward, you both get the jingle. Open wide for some soccer! And now the shipping forecast issued by the Met Office on behalf of the Maritime and Coast Guard Agency at 1130. Go! At 1130. Fifteen minutes in, and we start. Um, right, uh, Nolan also says that we missed out Lemington and Kettering. Marcus Bignot managed guys and got them relegated. They're in the Northern Premier League. Uh, so, Mike, welcome. Thank you very much. I know we've been talking for a quarter of an hour, but great to have you on board. Hello, mate. How are you? Nice to I'm see good, you. Thank you. 
And, you know, Soccer AM may be ending, but we've got our very own Fenners on the podcast. Bruce, how are you? I'm good, mate. Thank you. Yeah, good. Uh, we're allowed to take that name now. We're not going to be lawsuited because they don't exist. Um, yeah. So, thank you for joining us on a Saturday. Immediate reaction. So, no one's had any time to digest it. Grisby Town uh, run out a 1-1 draw with Warsaw. Um, frustration, maybe? I don't know. Uh, is, is it the same as what it was at Mansfield, which we'll also touch upon? Uh, Bruce, you were there, though you spent the second half in a bar. What were your takeaways from the... Sorry for saying takeaways. That's terrible. That's all right. The, um, the bar was warm. And uh, I was just... Just after half-time, one of the lads said, you fancy another pint? And Maisie was with a friend today, so she was quite happy sat in the lower. And, yeah, it was a very pleasant day at the park. Um, I thought both teams had a go in the first... It's a bit like Tuesday or Wednesday, really. The... Both teams had a go in the first half. We had a few goes in the second half. And if McAtee could hit the target and be a little bit more composed in front of goal, I think we'd have we'd have won it. I thought we were the better side. Oh, put your heart out on. Um, yeah, no, do you know what? It was, um, I found it relatively frustrating, though I did enjoy it. And it's, it's a different form of frustration that I got from, say, watching games like when we played Sutton, the worst game of football I've seen for like 50 years. Um, and I'm only 36. Um, and um, only. and there was a couple of others that have been like that. have just been dearth and just been, you know, where football goes to die. The frustration came today was where I think we had a chance at taking it. And I think, and this is, you know, just do we want to talk about it? But it's the same old adage with first. If it was just a little bit braver, and a little bit, you know, more adventurous, then maybe we could have come away with three points. But um, I thought for dominating, I didn't think we were that impressive. I thought our passing was pretty wayward. I thought some of the decision-making we made was pretty poor. Um, I thought we defended set pieces quite poorly, um, especially when it came to corners. We were a bit of, you know, um, I just thought, you know, it was a bit... It was a bit frustrating, but I thought we were the better team, which is nice, I guess. Um, but what I'm saying is um, a point's fine, but three points is better to better to. Um, right. I'll, be, I'll be honest, I'm a, I'm a bit closer to Bruce than, than yourself on that. I completely understand where you're coming from. Um, for me, it was a it was a more enjoyable game to watch than I've seen for quite a while. Um, I think if you think back Rude. to the, the <laughs> the games you've been um, speaking about, Sutton and Colchester and things like that, they were big teams that, that played a certain way and we just couldn't change that. And I think we we did well other than winning the game, which is what you have to do. You have to win these games. But I, I, I have seen over the last couple of weeks, at least, definite progression in how we're playing. We're not the finished article by any means and we need to turn these draws into wins at home. But if you go back to... December, January, February, when we're talking about some of the home performances, we're definitely not having 22 shots on goal. Now, I know 22 shots on goal and one goal is not good enough, but it's a definite move in the right direction. And, you know, we're we're in and around the place where we haven't finished for for 16 years or so, uh, with a couple of games in hand. We've had a really good FA Cup run. We, we need to change these, these draws into wins at home, but I, I honestly don't think we're too far away with a window in having a team that can that can push on and challenge. And as I say, just over the last few weeks, we've definitely seen a change in how the team are playing and they're creating more. So we've gone from being a team that can't create chances to a team that now can't convert them. 
So logically, hopefully, the next step is we start converting those. Um, so I'm a lot happier. I get that the fans at home need to start seeing results because it's a, it's a long old slog to go to Blundell Park every week and see a loss, a draw and a win, you know. But um, hopefully that will come. Because if you look at the table, um, we're three or four wins away from being in and around the playoffs. And I think next season, that's not a massive hurdle to overcome in a second in a second year. Plus the fact we've been playing 59 games this season, that might be worth a couple of wins. So I don't think there's much needed to progress next season. Um, turning those wins, those draws into wins is, is the thing. So step in the right direction, a long way to go. But I'm certainly happy with what I'm watching when we're playing at home. I think the last two games have been against teams that have had a bit of a go. Um, and I also think that Hurst has played a more attacking front three. I think it, we look a different team for having Taylor available again. I think all the, the doubters, um, if, we, if we don't sign Taylor next season, if we're going to play this way, then I think we need to make sure we've got a Taylor-like player um, that we can play off because he, I think he makes a huge difference to the team. I think we, we need to get Lloyd signed up. I like George Lloyd, his quality. He's just got a knack of getting his body around huge players and being the, getting the other side of them. He sort of he sort of slides around them. I don't know how he does it really, um, but I, I just hope that I don't know whether this this attacking thing that we're doing a little bit more attacking is down to the fact that Hursty thinks we're safe. So it, you know, would it be the same next season until we were safe, or is he going to go for a more attacking, you know, attacking outlook says- that's going to is there something to be said that he hasn't had those players available to him? So this is now when he can play them. So yeah, maybe. I, I, yeah. Sorry, mate. I, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe. I I will say George Lloyd is a, is a very good example for. It doesn't matter what level of ability you've got if you put yourself about and bloody try hard. It instantly makes you a better player. I've seen players with maybe more ability than him not be as effectual as him. I just love the way he runs around, gets hold of the ball, turns the ball over in places where we're not expecting to get it. And that means you're, you're in their final third in transition. You get a chance to score. So, um, yeah, I'd, I'd love to see him here next season. I think regards with regards how we're playing, I would be surprised to see a setting up like this next year. I think he plays two in the middle of the park, which when you're playing two, he's he hasn't got the room for somebody who's better on the ball and not maybe as good defensively like Hunt. If you put a Hunt in there, I don't think, I don't think we're as defensively solid as we need to be. So I, I would be, wouldn't be surprised if he went to a three in midfield next season, but this is definitely a little bit of an experiment and those three up front look good. Can I, I, I don't want to be the harbinger of doom and I just want to, maybe I'm using it as a therapy session. There was an interview Paul Hurst did back in, against Colchester when we beat them. Uh, and I think it was Scott, actually, of this parish who asked him, um, how are you enjoying the five substitutes? And he goes, I wish I had more. Um, why would he want more when he doesn't use the five available to him? Now, I he, he made a comment in the, the, the uh, post-match interview that he was worried about the size and the physicality of the Warsaw players. Um, but I thought there were players that were almost like for like that could come on and change it a little bit this afternoon and are we just going over old ground and I mean Emmanuel for Afete because I thought Afete was given 
the you know the space of the king keys to Blundell Park today. He had so much space he could have been on you know he could have been on the nature reserve or on the Hale Sandfort and still been as close to a Warsaw player. I thought Emmanuel would have taken more taken more of an opportunity than Afete did. I thought Afete didn't have a good enough a, a very good game today in comparison to say how he played at Brighton or Mansfield. Um, and Clifton in for maybe Morris, who looked to be flagging. Uh, and then maybe Orsion for McAtee, who, uh, Bruce, I think you alluded to it a little bit, was just not, didn't have his range finder on today. Um, and then maybe even Glennon for Amos, just to mix it up. I don't think they would have necessarily taken any of the physicality out of the team. Um, is there a reason... Is there a reason? Is there a reason why he didn't make those substitutions, or am I just, you know, it's Paul Hurst? Get used to it. This is what he does. I, I, I think we, we've spoken about this a lot, and sometimes the criticism is valid, but I don't think it's as valid as it as it is made out to be. Um, and I think we had a chat, or I was definitely chatting to somebody on social media today about the fact that we've seen him change teams when we're in the ascendancy, and it sort of just kills it off. So now I might have been seeing a different game from other people, but I thought in the last. 25 minutes that we were sort of on top with a chance of nicking it. Gary Cross seemed to think the same. He said he might have made a sub, but he wouldn't now in the 70th minute. Um, and there is an argument that if those players out there have up to the pace of the game, are not dominating, but they're definitely on top and with a chance of nicking it, there's a, there's a case for why, what are you changing it for? If it's legs in the middle of the park, then that's fine. But if it's for anything else, then surely you just stick with the guys that are creating the chances and hope, hope it, hope it pays off. Now, personally, I would have played Emmanuel instead of Effetti anyway. I think that's a valid change. I think because Effetti seemed to have an awful lot of room on that right-hand side and didn't use it well enough. So that would have been something I'd have looked at. But other than that, I don't really see much, much that would have changed us, really. Would you both, would you start disregarding the players a little bit that aren't here next season? I mean, you're talking about Effetti, who Hurst has already said, maybe Effetti, not with Fete. Yeah, so you're talking about Fete. He is here next season. Uh, you're talking about Emmanuel, who Hurst has said he doesn't think will be, and maybe he's made that quite clear already. Um, do you start? Do you start sort of, you know, McAtee's done really well for us, but he's not going to be here next year. Do we still consider him an essential player, or do we sort of start using our players that are going to be here next year? Having said that, we've only got Orsi up front under contract, so there, are, there aren't too many of them. But I, th- I think. I think to some extent, yes, Bruce, but then you don't want to do that too much because then you're you're probably playing a team that doesn't, you know, probably doesn't stand a good a chance of winning a game as as the squad in general. So then you start, if you lose four or five or six, you know, at the end of the season, instantly that changes the, the outlook on the season because you've lost all those games. So I, I think it needs to be something in the back of his mind, but isn't something that I think should drive selection at least now, maybe maybe the last week or two, but but I think he has to put the team out he thinks is going to win. Uh, so Stephen McDay makes a point. Stephen, you are, you're a forward player, so you know this more than I do, but I, I'm going to question something on this. He says, for me, he's resting players and not bringing them on knowing they will start on Tuesday. Valid point. But with my very limited knowledge, I would have thought to minimise injuries, to minimise fatigue, would it not be better to share the load during games rather than say flog in? Who was it that went down in the first half for legitimate cramp? Um, <laughs> who was it? Who was it that went down with? Was it Lloyd? Um, and I know Bryn Morris was struggling at, at a part halfway through. Surely sharing the load and bringing a player on for twenty minutes so that the other players are not flogging their guts out for ninety-five minutes and potentially risking 
muscle injuries and other such things, um, would that would that not help that situation? Because ultimately, then you are helping and you've got five substitutions available to you. And if you want to give players a rest, then you do what you did this today with, I think, Hollihan and, um, and who else didn't make the squad today? Um, and actually give them a legitimate rest and say, lads, just don't even bother coming in, stay at home, and put your feet up. I do think as well we don't we're not entirely sure if anything carrying knocks. I know Clifton a couple of weeks ago they said had a had a calf issue. Um so maybe he's on the bench, but he doesn't want to risk him unless he has to. So maybe that's something to consider as well. As well, players like Green that have had a long time out, I'm no expert, but sometimes it's better pushing them through a through a wall to gain the extra fitness sometimes. But I'm sort of guessing really. I've got to I've got to put on record. I found Today reminded me a little bit of when we lost to Southend last uh, last season, where I was actually genuinely frustrated with with Hurst's lack of changes. It doesn't happen that often, actually, given that you know people do complain about um, his lack of substitutions. But I think there is sometimes an element of a lack of tactical nous at, to make that decision immediately in a game, uh, not over the long term. And I think we do. I think we do. Stephen came back and said, if they manage the training recovery correctly, then they play a game and rest a game is no, is a no method they managed. I just, I, I just think that you know, well, you know better than I do, don't you? Do you think, uh, Alex? Do you think that maybe with, when it comes to the substitutions, that we've got that many backroom staff now that by the time they've talked about it, ten or fifteen minutes has passed. <laughs> so, time to come off. Yeah. Steve Crowton's on page fifty of his of his set place thing. Uh, Richard, do you know what you've commented? You've you commented on something that I noticed as well. Hurst was a little bit prickly with JT today when he was asked about why play, players are being rested, and I understand that he's probably got a method in his madness in terms of how he resting players. But I thought he came across as a bit prickly. Just go because I would have just said, "Look, I'm managing. You know how many games we've got. We're just, you know, we will obviously be rotating the team to make sure we minimise injuries and and and." maximise what we can get out of it. Said he won't be answering the question anymore until the end of the season. But I think it's worth, Richard, for anyone who doesn't listen, he was a little bit prickly, but he wasn't. He did make a comment. So, look, I, I understand why you made that comment, but I won't be answering this question going forward. I think uh, he is, he is asking Clifton, an awful lot, isn't he? Yeah. Uh, I guess, though, if you're in... I'm trying to think, because we interview players every now and then, and if I'm interviewing Hurst every week, I can't just keep asking, you know, the, the novelty wears off of asking him, like, when do you get up to drive to Grimsby and all that sort of stuff? It's more very much who's available, who isn't available. Why did you make this change? Why didn't you make that change? I guess it's very different from, you know, um, Tim Messenger from Hot Fuzz just asking, what's your perfect Saturday? <laughs> Three points. I don't know if he does listen, but, and he probably doesn't, but if you are listening, John, please just ask him next week just for fun. What is what's his perfect Saturday? <laughs> no, ask him. No, no, ask him. Ask him the resting, the resting players question again. <laughs> ask him. Ask him about a player that's gone back, like off loan. Like, why did you not play Brendan Kiernan today? <laughs> Which is legitimately probably the same question you could ask of Sean Scannell. Do you feel releasing Marcus Marshall was an issue? <laughs> we could have done, we could, could we have could we have done better this season if Marcus had stayed. Do you, what do you think of Manny, Manny Desiruve? And why did why did he not play this evening? Talk to me about Anthony Straker. Yeah. Why why did you upgrade Townsend with Amos? Yeah. Yeah. Is it, do you feel that it's justified having a paying paying a full time wage for Sean Pearson to sort out match tickets? 
Oh, Ben, is this on now? I'm sorry. I thought his fight was at nine. Uh, so, Levi boxing. Giles, is it on boxing. now? Uh, yeah, I believe so. So, uh, Levi Giles has just had up the Mariners on as he walks out into the ring. Oh. Uh, he got absolutely... That was... He was done dirty yesterday with that push. He had his hands behind his back and everything. I hope he absolutely hammers him. Agreed. Yeah. No, I agree. So good luck, Levi. I mean, you're in the middle of the ring, so this won't help. Maybe he has um, his podcast on in his ears. <laughs> As well, if, he, if, he, if he'd brought Hunt on, for example... It, it'd have probably had to change the formation as well because he wouldn't have. I well, Josh says um, Clifton him. doesn't suit today's system. I think Clifton plays anywhere, but I mean, I think he suits yeah. a three better. I think he, like you said at the start of the season when we all laughed at you, I think he suits that that advanced midfielder getting getting up with attack, but then getting back into the midfield. I think that's his his sort of the third of the two of the three centre midfielders. But I think if Hunt came on today you would probably be looking at, well, do we have to change the system because they're just going to break through? It's because for all the quality Hunt has on the ball, he's definitely not developed the defensive side as much as he maybe should have done by now. Yeah. I just I thought it was a really interesting sort of performance, actually. I thought it's one of those games where a couple of, like you think of when we got relegated, we would we would struggle to control a, like play a game like that. And we did today and we we're still there's still grumblings. And I don't know. We, you know, we're heading towards 14th, 13th, which is where I want it to be. So I'm I'm happy with that. Quarterfinals of the, the FA Cup, not bad, I suppose. You know, we didn't do you win know, it. Do you know, <laughs> it, 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 it gen genuinely does make me wonder what some people's... I mean, away from people that got legitimate criticisms, but there are some people, and you have to wonder, genuinely, what did they expect this season? Because I think this is entirely yeah. what most people would have expected and would have been happy with. But there's some people that are baying for blood because we're not in the playoffs. I mean, it's it's sometimes I think people need to get a better grip of reality sometimes. I don't think we was ever going to do that. I think it's a, I think I genuinely do think there's something about being town and because you're so used to it being feast or famine. So you're either, you know, top of the league or fighting relegation that there is a genuine inability to deal with st slow, steady progress. And I think football as a mantra now is like that. You don't have mm. look at well, look at Bayern Munich this week. They sucked Julian Julian Nagelsmann for you know a point off top spot, and we're in absolutely just basted PSG. It seems that football as a whole is like that nowadays, and people just don't. People aren't patient when it comes it's, to the football. It's probably yeah, Russell Slade's going to take them to the next level now. Well, <laughs> tickle pink, I am tickle pink. I'll be honest, it's probably a reflection on the world, though, in society. We want everything now, don't we? Everything's accessible and happens now. And I think you look at football and the teams that, that don't stick by managers or plans and things might have short-term success, but it very rarely pays out long-term. So I think that's where we're quite lucky that we have people that, um, in Jason's interview today on Humberside, he said, we're not looking at a, a year's plan. We've got an outside consultant. We're looking at a 10-year plan. And I, and I think that we in a couple of years, we'll be very um, happy that we actually had somebody that did that because we've seen what the opposite is, not having a plan or having a year-on-year -year plan. It's down the bottom of League 2, just hoping you're better than two others. Richard, I love you, but I'm not... Richard, I love you, but I'm not denigrating this podcast by asking questions about different flavoured uh, Quavers crisps just because Bruce is eating a packet of Quavers. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, cocktail. Revolutionary. I love the fact we have just played 
an FA Cup quarterfinal, and we haven't talked about it yet, really. And we played a half-decent game at Mansfield where we took 1,300 fans, who, by the way, sounded incredible. Um, and, you know, had a half-decent point against Walsall today. And so far, we've uh, lifted the conversation with Magnus, Roller Disco, um, the entire league table of the National League North, and Quaver's Crisps. <laughs> Simon Hodson says other crisps are available. They are available unless a crisp uh, manufacturer wants to sponsor this podcast, in which they are the only crisps that are available. It's 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 amazing, is it? FA FA Cup quarter final. Like, are we not entertained enough? <laughs> no, we're not. <laughs> Just that. What's that gladiator gif? I keep getting in my mind. Are you not entertained? <laughs> Well, actually, I thought you should have pushed him up a bit further on the right. <laughs> I would be I would be entertained, but do a fucking sub for Christ's sake. Yeah, come on, Russell Crowe, shake a fucking leg. What are you doing? <laughs> do you know, it might be a case, Alex, talking about subs, it might be a case going back to the, the fans forum where he says, if you shout and do a sub, I'm less likely to do it. That's Maybe probably, should... I'd forgotten all about that. And we need to we tell the people in the main stand to shut up, because I bet look they're shouting we... at him. Look what we did at Gillingham. We shouted at him, we don't need a sub. Subs. He brought on a sub, and then the sub scored. We're claiming it. Was Holohan a sub at Gillingham? I thought he was. Have I got it wrong? Oh, no, you know, he put, uh, mate, I haven't got a clue, mate. I just... Uh, oh, I don't... I, 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 forgot about, I forgot about Gillingham. Mr. Fax there, he should know. Um, yeah, we don't even have the guy from Crawley on today, the crypto guy. Oh, I um, love that, that guy. Sorry, I didn't think about it. I thought we got so many games to talk about and stuff. Oh. That we bother. He wanted didn't he want ten wins. Actually, he's turned out he's he's not, you know, they're doing all right, aren't they? Don't say stuff. Have, like we, that. have we done much of, how much of my agenda have we worked through? The apology you still got to do. I done it. What's, I the, apology, what's yeah. the apology for? Go on. We'll cut we'll come back for the second half of this because we've got to we've got to play a, a message out. And if you do see our flag um, uh, around on tour, please do let us know because someone has stolen our flag. Um, right. Bruce has got an apology. Bruce, what are you apologising for? Hang on. I feel really bad about this. Why? What are you I've done? Thought all, I've, I've thought all week about whether I should bring it up or not. But on last week's podcast, I made out like I was a really big town fan and said that I'd been to every game in the FA Cup run and I didn't go to Cambridge. Oh, you shit house! You absolute! I gave it all, Billy Big Bollocks. You what a tried. Big fan I am. You tried to make us all all look like melts, and there you are. And I and I, and I didn't go to Cambridge. I don't so know. For that, move I, on I, 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 I wholeheartedly apologise for that lie, and I accept any consequences that come with my actions. Thank well, you. I don't. I don't know about consequences, mate. I don't think we can move past this. It's a big deal. Breaking news, Bruce apologises live on the podcast for being an absolute shithouse and a liar. Um, he has, you know, he has misled the pod. 
You know, you know, I'm when, deeply we're troubled. Him, when we're watching him on Twitter saying this happened in 20, 20, on this day 25 years ago, how do we know? You've broken the trust. You lose trust, Bruce. I'm sorry. So if you do have a thought of what he's left, uh, if you do think you have a way of, that Bruce could, you know, really demonstrate his, what would you call it? His humbleness? He's, you know, he's a, I don't know. Diabolical, says Nolan. That were diabolical. Did, that were diabolical. Can't speak. Speaking of diabolical, though, I did, I did hear Nolan, I did see on social media today that Nolan was having a go at somebody for criticising something, which I thought was quite funny. I don't know what to say to that. Right, Nolan. okay, we've gone from the apology. So Bruce has now apologised. Um, do we not have we to think of taking, a, Does he not uh, have to do something? If anybody does have a, an, a, an ethical way and a sustainable way of being able to punish Bruce for his, you know, lies, then uh, we do want to hear from you. Um, Bruce put a little agenda together. I don't know why. Um, he, the next bit on it was Scunthorpe on Humberside, which I assume is a legitimate piece of, ad, you know, discussion because... Do Go on, Mike, what were you going to say? Sorry, I was just going to say, before we moved on, on mute, Bruce, a... I can't hear you. You got no, me now? You're on mute. You got me now? I can't hear you. You can't. Bruce, I can hear you, Mike. Well, I Mike, can hear you, can't, Mike. Can't he? himself yeah. out. You got me now? No. You <laughs> just replied no. I'm genuinely not lying. Bruce, can you hear him either? I can hear you, Mike. What's going on here? I can't hear anybody. Maybe it's me. Can you hear me now? Yes, can I can hear now? you and Bruce. Yes. What was going on then? Worth the wait. Just before we move on from Bruce's apology, can you know, like, if you follow Bruce on social media, can you just at him and call him a total shit house? That'd be great. Thank That'd you. That'd be great. Yeah. Could you imagine if people are listening to this, you know, through the, through the ages, they're catching up on it, yeah. and then in three months' time, he gets called a shit house for no reason. My uh, Twitter handle is at Sam Barrick. B A R R I C K. there's a few few, Uh, few other things you could say (laughs) Nolan says yeah someone named Henry who shares your last name Bruce was criticising Bryn Morris and I'm not having that so I slagged the lad off off. Nolan I thought uh, Bryn played very well on Wednesday night and scored a good goal today but I also think he's a little bit not amazing I'm really sorry um so, Bruce, Scunthorpe on Humberside, I assume this is going to be a well-rounded piece that we should put into an episode no, well, we I've haven't discussed stole, an FA Cup quarter-final. I've sort of stolen my own thunder, haven't I? Because I did tweet this out, but I just wondered whether they were... Um, Matt Dean had tweeted from um, from Notts County today on Meadow Lane, and I just wondered whether next season of the Scunthorpe... We've, we've never... This is sort of... It's, it's uncharted territory, really, isn't it? I, the, the Scunthorpe automatically get on Humberside next year when when they're in the uh, Ryman Premier or or do they you know do they have to is there some sort of vote with like well North Therby North Therby never had it North Therby no don't have it in North National League North I assume they'll say that there is an audience for it I don't know how but well they go on Compass (laughs) Scott's rubbing his Um, hands together (laughs) yeah I I mean I mean what happens to Scunthorpe you know where he's like when As got, a town. Nobody gives nobody outside of the Vanarama gives a shit about the Vanarama. So God knows what happens when they go down below that. Well, we'll ask Trail. I'll actually I'll ask Trail of Debt. Ask him now what they do with BBC Lincolnshire because there's nobody else there, is there? Uh, yeah, the link the Lincoln just get all frequencies. 
don't know. It's like, like I say, what what happens? I mean, Compass FM. Do, what happened to the? Do we need to sort of pray for the journalists that cover Scunthorpe, or or maybe maybe to be fair, maybe it's going to be good for them. I don't know. It's interesting. You know, like Burns. You know, like Burns. Well, it's not interesting. You know, like Burns. Like he does Hull, doesn't he? And John Tonda does Town. Does he? I mean, Scunny, Scunny seems to have a different one every year. It's like the short straw in the underside office, isn't it? Uh, do you know what I hate? Do you know what? it's like having a mate who's really depressed and just gone through a breakup? Because most of the time, at the moment, I'm coming off. Um, I'm coming off like a really decent performance with Town, and we're doing really well. You know, like Luton, we win, beat Luton, or we beat Plymouth five one. It's like this is amazing. And then you go to the forum, and it's just like, oh, and here's Dave Scunthorpe have lost to three 0 to. Um, Kill the United's under 11s. It's like it's like that mate, innit? When you, you just got engaged and you go to tell him, he's like, oh, she's left me. You're like, oh, okay. What do you do? It's like, oh, God, you're such a Debbie Downer. Like, just go away. Just deal with your breakup on your own somewhere. Just not on live radio. I got engaged when I was like 18 or something. Hang on, what's and, this? And then, we, and then we, we broke up further down the line and in them days, you got given how like further down the line this evening, two or three years, it's about two or three years. <laughs> you and were engaged you, um, for three years, no wonder it broke up. It was a bit young to get engaged, it was a bit silly, really. But anyway, but in them days, you got given like as in, you got engagement presents and stuff like tea towels and a kettle and stuff like that because you were going to move. And even though, even though you haven't got married or anything, you just break up and then it's like who takes possession of the tea towels? Mental. Do you think that's what um, the Crystal Palace um, fans, uh, staff are feeling when they got Roy Hodgson a retirement present and he was back like 18 months later? Can we have it back, yeah, please, Roy? Yeah, give us that fucking watch back. Yeah, thanks very much. I put 50 quid into that. He's not even wearing it. He's had it down the car boot. He's only back till the summer and I'll have to put another 50 quid in. <laughs> um, oh, oh, do you know what? We haven't even asked. Was that a red card, by the way? The keeper pushing Lloyd in the back. Maisie said it was, but she's a bit, she's a bit, I don't know. She was watching from the lower. I was in the bar, so I wasn't really looking, if I'm honest. Then he, then he, um, then he sort of fronts up to Taylor, because Taylor, Taylor sort of tried to bundle him in the goal with the ball and everything, didn't he? And he tipped it over the bar and Taylor followed on through into him. Is that, is that the one? I thought it was Lloyd that followed into him, but yeah. Oh, well, well, no, it was Smith. So it was none of them, it was Smith. All oh, right. Oh, oh well, we were, well, it wasn't, I watched on the telly. It was only, <laughs> it was, it, it would have been a red card if Smith had gone over and made a deal of it, maybe, like Aussie style. But, you know, it's a shove in the back. It's a yellow card. Um, I don't want to see red cards for that because then you're going into a little bit like, you know, just get on with it. It's like fourth division football. It's a bit of that about. Get on with it. Stephen says yellow um, card only. Yeah. Smith, Andrew. James, just start shouting Smith, Andrew. It makes you sound mad. Um, right. You also then put comfort from the bar. We've covered that. Okay, fine. Mayor's long, Mars long throw. Hang on. Let's do this so it's, you know, integrated with our audience. Give me two seconds. Uh, We're doing something technical now, are we? He's going to bring Niall Mayer in. Hi, Niall. What do you want to say to Bruce? Oh, God. While you're doing that, I did try and do my bit for getting Josh Emmanuel to sign next season. I saw him after the Brighton game and I told him that Cleethorpes has its own microclimate in August. It's like Nice, so he needs to stay, but I don't think he bought it. You said it was like Nice. 
Nice. Uh, here we, so Josh said, uh, should we retire Mars long throw? Bruce, to you. Yes. Same. Agreed. Right. He's next. not. He's, he's not. He's, he's <laughs> not. He's got a reason. He's got a half decent throw, but Jordan Cropper, he is not. Jordan Cropper scored another to help assist another today from a long throw. I miss him. Are we not so, judging another long throw on somebody who's got a crazy one? Because like Mitt Mars throw this week was ridiculously bad. But in previous games, he has seemed to get a lot more a lot more um, distance than that. So I, I don't know, know if it's no, just a... I think there are shit as our... I think there are, there are shit as our corners. There are shit as our corners. It's a Hurst thing. Hurst only likes near post. He's like, he plays football manager because that's the way you score in football manager for corners, near post. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's a bit harsh. Hurst is football manager. It's not true. I, I, used to, I used to win the league playing 2 4 4 in football manager, in chap manager. Two, what, two defenders? 2 4 4, direct, long ball. You just like basically, basically, you just bombarded them and it just absolutely pummeled them. But it's amazing you how quickly two, you. Um, you only you, had two defenders, but you didn't need them. It's amazing how quickly you forgo the um, the beauties of football for a three points. Just get it in the mix. <laughs> I've got a mate as well that when we used to play chap manager, I don't know if you listen, Paul, but if you are, you know you know all about this. Um, when he used to play, right, he plays games and he would cheat from the start, right? So he would start champ manager, football manager kids. He would start champ manager as like Grimsby, for example. And then he would join Man United and he would buy Grimsby's shittest players off them for like a fortune. And then he would buy, he would basically sell Man United's players, the ones that would agree to go to Grimsby for a bargain basement price. And then he'd retire the second Paul manager at Man United and Grimsby would have like a massive pile of money and loads of decent players. We've well, all gone frustrated and done that on time to time. Do you know? Do you want to know how sad I am? So Charlie started to get into FIFA, my lad, he's nine. And um, he's, he's got an obsession with... He doesn't stick with a career. He changes clubs every time. And he'll start with like a billion and he'll buy like Haaland and Mbappe and um jude bellingham and you know he'll have like this incredible team he'll create his own club but he'll usually leave about 300 million left and every time knowing full well that um that he will only play like three or four games in it i always sell harry harry uh, by harry clifton for 100 million knowing that at least in that timeline that grimsby town has 100 million that it can use <laughs> I'm so sad. This, this, <laughs> yeah, and and there's somebody in that virtual timeline that's expecting that we're now going to go out and spend that on one player or something. Well, do you know what? This is do you know what? this, this podcast today is work is working beautiful today. So, um, this was your idea for today's mic. We're like ten I, minutes. I wonder left. why I mentioned it. I know. So, um, interview today. Um, Jason Stockwood did one with Humberside. Well worth a listen to. And we're speaking about the FA Cup money and trying to ice. I would like to think he has seen the error of his ways, as we've discussed on this podcast and gone, actually, if I say we're going to put all of that money, which people can kind of work out how much we get, 1.2, 1.3 million. If I say we're putting all of that into the playing budget next year, guess how much every player is going to be that I want to buy, 1.3 million. 
Um, I'm kind of hoping it's that. But he did allude to the fact that that's not necessarily the case. The main stand is going to need apparently £300,000 worth of work done to it to just keep it going. Like the old fishy rumour that the, the main stand was going to be condemned at any moment from a fire safety certificate. And um, that a lot of the other money has gone elsewhere as well to, you know, I don't know, training jet skis as we asked for and stuff like that. Um, so... Mike, take it away from that. Have I done a good job explaining it? Well, I mean, I just forwarded you and said maybe worth talking about, not giving it much thought. But, you know, it, it, there's definitely been a narrative change. The, the, the narrative has changed from what he's been saying publicly before. It was very much this will all be pumped into the um, into the playing budget. And then very much as we've progressed, it's sort of gone backwards from that. So I think you're right. He's seen maybe that's not a good thing to advertise. And also... For whatever we've made, you've got to take out all the expenses and you've also got to take out the fact we probably budgeted a couple of rounds anyway. So it, the, the realised gains are probably not as much as we think. But he's quite right in the fact we've lost a million quid last year. We're probably going to lose a million quid this year. It makes us break even. Now, obviously, there is going to be more money in the budget because they're not spending it on the on the loss so they can put some more money in elsewhere. But it's interesting you mentioned about the main stand because £350,000 is an awful lot of money. And do we think that for that sort of money, we should be knocking it down and investing in a new stand? Because the best part of half a million pounds going into fixing what must be electrics and, and, and things, is it better not just to knock it down and build something from the Osman to the Pony? Because I can't imagine you're spending a, a huge amount of money putting something up like that. So I don't know, do we actually have to spend 350 grand or is this another another way to say, oh, you know, we haven't got as much money as you think we've got? Because I, I, think, I is, think he's definitely changed to making that argument, realizing that people are going to see that we've made money. Um, I think Bruce is doing some research, so I'm just going to steal his chance to. Check. I don't think. What? I don't think three hundred and fifty thousand Mike would even get you the bloody main stand demolished these days. I think you've been a little bit. I think that. Well, I was just trying to have a look to see how much the new Wrexham stand was going to cost, which is obviously I know bells and whistles. I, I am thinking more along the lines of what Salford did. And I know they, they built one of their stands for about eight hundred thousand. Can I just say as well one thing I'm gonna disagree shit. with Yeah. Well one There's thing better I'll than say the main stand. And it I'm but it shit and it holds five people and it's still empty. Can I also say though, I want to disagree with Jason where he said it's a beautiful stand. The main stand's shit. I don't like it. Yeah. I don't care about it. I have no affiliation to it. I don't particularly like I don't particularly like Blundell Park. I think it's a bit naff. Um Ooh. but um I know I'm sorry, critical Ooh. or what. I mean it's home, but you know, it's a home in you know Tiverton Street. So, so, so you, um, you, you're not you're not you're not um, content with telling other people from other clubs where they live shit. You're now telling us where we live shit. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I just don't like Blunder Park. It's cold, it's designed poorly. If you're disabled or elderly, it's a pretty shit way of getting to a ground. I mean, not to mention the thousands of pieces of dog shit. The, the the paving slabs outside are as dangerous as anything, especially at night. Um, I don't think the atmosphere is amazing. I don't think we do much about it. Um, Josh is saying the old main stand uh, should be protected. Historical building, cancel Alex. Joss, I don't care. It's like Kenilworth Road. Kenilworth Road's lovely to go to for a day, but I don't want to live there. And I just don't think we get much out of Blunder Park. It's quite small. It's quite tight. We don't make much money from it. And I think if you're going to stay at a ground like that, which they've made clear that they want to and that's fine um but you're going to have these things come out of the woodwork which by the sounds of it is the problem uh <laughs> bruce now i've cancelled myself and i'm going to get more daggers than usual 
Um, what have you got to say? I'm just going to stand massively back from that and not associate myself with any of that. Well, what I'll say then is this. I don't think we use Blundell Park as well as we could do. Look, if it was like today was annoying. Why were our fans in that tiny little bit of a corner, which, by the way, looked packed in the Osman stand and we weren't given the larger bit and Warsaw fans weren't stuck in there. We need to be using as much of the seats available to sell them. So if I'm a family of five, I can, you know, um, get somewhere. But Mike, I'm I'm with you. I think if the main stand needs nearly over a quarter of a million spent on it, then they need to look at potentially knocking it down. How how many more years do we need to pump three hundred thousand pounds into it? So only a couple of years, and then you get into the cost of a stand. Yep. Absolutely. You know, if it's going to be an ongoing issue, then why spend three hundred fifty thousand pounds now, and then in two years' time decide right we're not spending any more money on it? Why not? Just and it's not like now? yeah. And it's not like any of the other stands are, are, you know, brand new that won't need this sort of upkeep at some point in the near future. The the Findus is, what, 50 years old now uh, or getting on that way. Osmond uh, is, what, late 30s, Bruce? You, you'll probably know this better than I will. Pontoon, 61, I think it was upgraded. And then it's had a bit of love in 95. 95, yeah. Um, so, I mean, none of these are going to be, you know, it's not like buying a new car, is it? You're going to be taking it in and having to get a bit done to it every now and then. I just don't know. I mean, I think yeah. Bright. I think Brighton taught me though that there's a limited number of sites in the town. If we were to move, now they're yeah. obviously not looking at moving. I do not want to stand at a train station for an hour in either Agreed. direction to get out of the ground. You know, so if if it's not viable at the moment for us to move from Bundle Park, then. I am more than happy for us to stay at Blundell Park. Do I think it needs developing? Yes. Is car parking an issue? I've been at Blundell Park when we've had eight or 9,000. I don't think parking's any worse than it is now when we have six. You know, I, I, don't think it's, I, don't think, I don't think it matters once a fortnight if the streets are a bit busy. If you can't get parked within half a mile, then you, you, you walk a mile. You know, it's not the end of the world. Um, I don't think that would put people off coming. Agreed. So I don't think, I, I just think, I just think do Blundell Park up. Um, yeah, be, yeah. I don't want to see the main stand go, but if we're going to stay, it's going to have to go. But we do. But the first thing we can do, to be fair, before we do all that, is bring it's that corner point. round, in my opinion, from the pontoon round to the main stand. Yeah, get rid of that police get box rid, thing. Get rid of that police box. There's nothing in that corner apart from a couple of ice cream vans and a St John's ambulance. Yeah, agree. You know, and you can and you can just, put that anywhere. Sorry, that space is just empty. We we could you could yeah. Sorry, no, it's all right. And and I mean the other corner. To be fair, with a little bit of reorganisation, the opposite corner, the um, constitutional corner, um, you've got the fan zone, but that's still a massive area. The fan zone could be redesigned. Those mm. those um, containers could be moved. You know, ultimately. What's more important that we, you know, that we get more people in the ground, or that we, the trust has room to have a bar, you know, and there's more, you know, they could still do that underneath the stand if it was extended. So, bring, like you say, you could bring the Osmond round. Maybe if you did that, then you could find some way of sort of splitting the Osmond probably halfway, so the away fans would go in the corner, but the corner would be a little bit bigger than it is now, you know, towards the, um, the middle of the goal, and then we would have like, you know, the rest of the goal round to somewhere near the lower right so this is i think i've talked about it before but this is what blunder park looks like to me so take away the police box 
stick a new stand in there like Chesterfield. That takes you to about three and a half thousand on that side. So it increases it by about a thousand and then fill in the corners, which give you another 500 quid, uh, 500 people. Fill in the corner with the cage and you put the uh, away fans in that corner. So where it gets, you know, slanted up until the end of the family stand. So they've got that corner there and you can contract it and make it as big and as small as you need it to. So it doesn't really affect anybody. You then make the Osman stand uh, standing, you know, whatever you call it now, I don't say standing. I don't care if it increases the attendance. It's about creating the atmosphere in the park, mm -hmm. in the ground. And then you make that a home end and you say, look, if you want to make a racket, if you want to make a noise, that's the stand you go in. They will be standing uh, and tough, tough if you don't want it like that way. The pontoon then becomes a family stand, especially that corner where they sing at the moment. And then you take the police box and you put it in the corner in the box that is currently in the Findus looking over the pontoon. And you put that in there and then you fill around the ed edges. You then buy the two houses that are next to behind the, the bar, but behind the Findus, which allows you then to extend that one day if you want to. Uh, when they come up for sale and then you also take the fan zone you get rid of the parking and you make the fan zone where the findus is and you cut that off and you make that a massive fan zone executives can be parked at the cheap side or somewhere else the new training ground and bust in the same with disabled people and that's what i would do if you're going to stay at blundell park that's what you do and you can i think you can get to about thirteen thousand at blundell park I, I think that, that all that sounds great, and I would agree that that's the ideal thing. It costs a fucking fortune. Yeah, but, <laughs> but what I think is I think they're a lot closer to realising and knowing we need a new ground than they want to say publicly. I, yeah, I don't probably. think what they say and what they think are completely the same thing, and I think they've learned the lesson from 20 years of having the Fenty Dome in the pipeline. You know, mm. you don't you don't need that, and people constantly asking about. I think they'll probably yeah, be planning, and the, this ten year plan they're doing, this ten year review, I'm sure a new staging will fall into there. So they probably don't want to spend that sort of money. But if they wanted to stay at Blundell Park long term, so I'm talking a decade or two, then maybe they could do that. Just linking back into Brighton, what I did like, um, and maybe this is something we could look in. It'd be a bit difficult. I like their players. <laughs> but what, what they did do is, you know, we didn't get the train until an hour and a half after the game had finished because the bars were open. You could get a pint and have a walk around the stadium, just hang around. So we went back to the, the players' entrance and just sat alone and watched the bus. But you could still buy a couple of beers an hour and a half after, after the game had ended, which I quite liked. They retained a, a lot of people. Instead of them going off to the local pubs, they stayed in the Brighton sort of surrounding area and made some money for the club. Now, obviously, you don't want the problems with the connection of of the of the train and the and the park and ride but it's it's something that could be looked at to try and retain money after a match day you know if, if people are going out for a few beers after a match on saturday why not buy three or four pints in the ground instead of down at blundell park hotel or wherever you can you can stay in the lower bar till about half five normally mm. they're still serving serve right through the second half or right through the first half to be fair uh, Bruce doesn't go out to his seat anymore. <laughs> you can watch it. Well, I'm thinking as this season sort of, as this season peters into mid-table obscurity, which I'm not you you you, you fall into lower that, lower Findus obscurity into the yeah. I'm just sort of like I, yeah, it was really comfy in the bar today. There was probably about forty or fifty people in there. You know, like you probably bought probably bought I don't know two pints each, so they probably sold another sort of 60, 70 pints during the second half. Um, everyone's a winner for what I can make out. But it's... yeah, so the, the the bar does stay open after the game. I don't know about the wrap around the ground, and you probably wouldn't want to stand freezing your knackers off outside the back of the pontoon in the open air. But 
the lower bar does, does stay open for a little bit, but then they do they do chase you out after about 25 minutes, half an hour. I mean, okay. it's definitely, definitely, I think, something that he's looking at next season. I think we, we, we chatted very briefly with Jason about it last week, didn't we? That we need to have a look at how we create a bit of an atmosphere at Blundell Park because I don't, I've never known it's a dead. I mean, I'm not there, but just listening, you know, I've never known it's a quiet. And I think we've said before, it's about the amount of season tickets and they're all dotted around. But I think we need to do something or the club need to do something to try and make that a little bit more of an atmosphere, an environment that are good for home players and not good for away players. Because when we go away, it's rocking. Cracking. I mean, you saw that at Brighton and it, it's absolutely rocking. You come to Blundell Park, you've got all those fans, but they're all sat in different stands, you know, with family. So I think a little bit of forethought and only the club can do that at trying to do something. Um, and it's not about making singing sections and all this. It's about trying to get a group of people together, like the pontoon in the middle of the pontoon. That's where you go. Don't expect, you know, so to not be stood I up. think the, sh- the atmosphere at Blundell Park has been shit since I've been there. Since, you know, before well, I started watching Town 93, 94. So the last year, two years of, of terracing. And I think, I, I think we've, t- I've t- I think I've said it before, but to me, a terrace is organic. So if you've had one too many beers and you have a ticket for the pontoon and it was terracing, you weren't up for like being in the mosh pit behind the goal. You'd go stand in a corner. You can't do that when you've got a seat. And not unlike the housing crisis nowadays, People who have bought a pontoon seat in the 90s, who are now 50, 60, do not want to move. And they would be forced to move if it was standing and they were in the middle of, a, you know, a mosh pit like it used to be in the 80s that Bruce would probably remember. And as such now, people who are of younger generation are dotted around. And even now in that corner, it's getting a bit like that. I don't know if it feels a bit more harder to, to, to organise. And Bruce, you know more about it than I do, but... I've been a season ticket holder at Blundell Park for enough years where I think I can talk about it. And I just don't think until you give them a new section to go, look, this is singing section, but this is where you go. If you want to make a racket, if you're going to stand in there and get annoyed that someone stood up, well, so tough, isn't it? I mean, I yeah. think the, the the only way you can do it is, is to make a safe standing area. And then you sort of force people that, like, look, if you're buying a season ticket in the safe, and I know it's terrible people have been there 20, 30 years, but, you know, it is what it is. If you make Great it safe good. standing, yeah, if you make it safe standing, then people with tickets there are legitimately stood up. At the minute, you shouldn't be stood up. You know, we had the, the press release, didn't we, about you shouldn't be stood up, you should be sat down. But if you've got safe standing, there's no argument about making the people around you sitting down. And I think uh, I'm, I'm sorry, Bruce. I know you want to jump in. Sorry. Um, I think the club, no, the club want to to advertise and are quite happy to promote the incredible atmosphere at Brighton, the incredible atmosphere at Mansfield, and at Southampton. the The reason they're like that is because people are up for it. But also, if you want to, if you want to do that, and you want to promote what fans are doing and and seeing and shouting, you're going to have to give them that space to do it. You can't just stick them in a corner like you've forgotten about them, like an island of lost toys. And and do it that way. Uh, Tacklebury, you say buy the six buy the six houses behind Blunder Park, rotate them. It's actually twenty houses. I've done the I've done the math on it because I thought that's a good idea. You're going to buy twenty them, houses and seven ton of dog shit and seven ton of dog shit. Bruce, what were you going to say before I interrupted? Because I I'm massively passionate on this one that is not useful. No, I I, I agree. Uh, I think I said I said to Jason in passing last week didn't I it wasn't the time to discuss it but I think the, the club do need to I agree with you too I think the club do need to do something to I think they need to talk to the 
the Mariners Trust as a representative of the fans um, and between them come up with some sort of plan to have it so that people it was just a this this summer was unprecedented and the the, the loudest part of the ground this season has been that Osmond corner because it yeah. it is what you say it's organic it's where yeah. people that it's where people that are, who are hardcore fans but can't justify a season ticket because they work shifts or they can't afford it or they can't afford to go every week or whatever but that's where they all sit and that's 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 together and that's loud and generally that's fans who have been long-term fans but like I say just can't justify a season ticket most of your other casual fans are now season ticket holders uh, a lot of them are families which is fantastic the fans of the future but they have inter- they have intermingled with areas of the ground when we have a we sit at the Osmond end of the lower are you saying Blundell Park fans. has been gentrified yes yeah, um, we, right. we, it's been it's been sanitised, but not by not not through anybody's fault. But last no. summer, last summer when we went from three thousand to six thousand nearly season tickets, people were snapping up season tickets wherever in the ground they could. It didn't matter whether you know some of the people that were buying season tickets wouldn't even particularly know what, what that part of the ground was like. So we sit at the Osmond end of the lower. We've sat there for three or four years um, since our nomadic period stopped. Um, and when we had a big game, it used to be half empty down there, maybe two thirds empty. But when we had a big game, all the lads that were that are probably going the Osmond now would buy tickets because they wanted to be near the away fans when there was a big following. Now it's full of families and stuff. And mm. I think, like you say, I think we, we might have three family stands, but I think we need to try and sort something out so we can have an area where the youngsters, those that want to sing, those that want to stand, those that want to have a party, where they go. Because at the minute they're scattered around the ground and it doesn't help the atmosphere, and the, and the club are asking the fans to produce an atmosphere. I think they need well, the to work with the fans. Yeah. I think they need to work with the fans. In future, it's not no one's fault. It's the first time this has happened. Yeah, it's the first season, but they need to look at it and say, right, yeah, we need to do something about that and work with the fans to do that. Two two things. It's you know you, you you're moving fans from wherever you choose the area to be. So what you can do if you've got a season ticket in that area. Anyone with a current season ticket can choose to buy one in the new area. Once that window closes, you can say anybody that was in the area people have moved into now has a choice of where they go before they go in general sale. So you could you can sort it out that way. But what what really not annoyed me, but was frustrating was when they had the fan review. You know, they the 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 feedback that they got in. They they the club said they were surprised that only thirty percent of fans wanted a singing section. I think that's an extraordinarily large number of a fan base that want a singing section. You know, 30% of 8,000 fans is a lot of people, you know, so I don't know why just because it wasn't more than, it wasn't 50% plus one that wanted it, we sort of then went, oh, it's not the majority. It was a huge, huge amount of fans that wanted it. So I don't know why. It's 2,000 fans out of today's attendance. Yeah. So that's, if if you had 2,000 people, yeah, something like that. If you had 2,000 people coming coming at you and saying, we want a singing section, you're not like, oh, it's only a smaller number. It's not, it's a huge number of fans. But it, 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 went the by the, it went by the wayside and we just never spoken about it again. And it was like, oh, it was, you know, we were surprised how low that percentage was. Well, that's high. Yeah, I think it's, I think changes are needed. If you're going to stay at Blundell Park, changes are needed because I think you're, I think you're both right. And it tiles, it tiles into it, ties into everything. I think the fan, Jason, Andrew and Debbie were massively taken back by 6,000 season ticket holders. Mm-hmm. 
and like, oh shit, we've got nowhere to put everyone. We haven't put any plans in place for it. That's unprecedented. And Blunder Park is not big enough because it just isn't big enough with 8,000 and it restricts quite a lot. And we, it's a lot, everything now, they've done all the quick wins, all the quick things that can be done. Everything else now is expensive and will take time. And I think that's, that's why, you know, we haven't seen much happening. In fairness, we should still be playing Dorking and things like that. You know, it wasn't expected to go back up, was it? So obviously not part of the plan. We should still be playing National League football. And Scunthorpe. Yeah, just for this season. We're not that shit. Um, (laughs) Right. We we, we haven't really talked about Mansfield, Alex, have we? It was a good game, wasn't it? It was a good game. It was a good performance. Sorry, we are going to skim through this, I suspect. Um, But Alex Alex said you want to wrap up about five minutes ago. I want to watch the rest (laughs) of the fight. I I haven't got my glasses on. Um, But um, yeah, I, I, I just, it was a good performance. I made a late decision to go. I didn't regret it at all. We played really well. I thought we played, you know, an attacking side, which we obviously started similar today. Um, and I thought the fans were, I know you've touched on it, I think, already, but to take twelve or 1,300 or whatever it was, you know, after all the trips that we've had, you know, some of these fans have been down to down to Southampton, up to Carlisle, down to Brighton, and three Sutton. or four days later, Sutton, and three or four days later, they're at, they're at Mansfield. And they'll you know, be probably I, I, on Tuesday I night. I don't think yeah, that that that'll be interesting because that could be. I actually thought, and this is tin hat on. I thought the Southern Mariners let us down at Sutton to a certain extent. We've done a lot of travelling. You were there, Mike. So I'm not talking about you. But why do I feel like this a lot is of, we've, we've, we've done a lot of travelling in in recent times? I believe we took 200 and some to Sutton, didn't we? I think it was more was, than what was, they was said. It, Whatever was, they was said, it, it was more. Right. Well, it said we took 270, I think, didn't they? Something like yeah. that. I think there more. were probably five. I think there were probably 500 Southern Mariners, and there were some that travelled from home. I don't think. I know Alex, you couldn't make it, and I'm not. It's not a dig at you because you do a lot of travelling in the, you know, in the south particularly. But I don't think. I don't think all the Southern mm-hmm. Mariners that could have gone went to Southern. With, with all due respect, Alex. <laughs> when, yeah. No. no <laughs> No disrespect to the likes you, of. You've done, you've, you've done a lot of travelling, but but I don't think I don't think that all the Southern Mariners went to Sutton. No, I didn't, and I know a lot of you. <laughs> the problem we have is, you know, if I'm looking at it, I'm just, well, I mean, I, personal things aside, wife's birthday, Valentine's Day, Mother's Day, um, then Southampton, then Brighton, then you've got either a choice of Crawley or whatever. I think it's a bit. Hard. I think it's a bit hard for everyone, but I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't excuse the fact there wasn't that many there. It's, it's still a little bit cheaper to get to them than it is for those. But a lot of the northern fans. A lot of the northern fans have done. And I can say I'm not trying to create a divide. I'm just saying I don't think for that game. But <laughs> I mean, a lot of the northern fans. But he's always on about the, southern fans. But he's not trying yeah, to create a divide. Northern, Again, you've let us down. <laughs> northern based. The northern based fans have done home games and a lot of away games as well. You're just a better so, quality of fan. Than anyway, anyway, I just, I just thought, I thought the number would be higher. I thought that down south we should be guaranteed 500 with the travelling northerners and the southern based. I think we should be guaranteed 500. What I, w- what I would say south. is, is if that was a Saturday, yes, I will just caveat it with not an excuse, but maybe mitigating circumstances. Sutton is a very difficult place to get to if you're at work, if you're working in London by kickoff. I'm 10 minutes away. I walked, but I know from other people that, that we chat to down here, people just literally 
by the time you've got out of central London and got home, it's maybe seven thirty, eight o'clock and you've got an hour to get to Sutton. So that might be a bit of mitigation there. But would you not would you not if it was if it was a northerner going down south, you've got to book the afternoon off to do it. It's a commitment. You've got to book the afternoon off. You know, wouldn't people book the afternoon off because it was a local game? Well, maybe, but then, then you, then you're going into individual people's lives and saying you need, you need to be off work that day. Like people make a decision what they what what they want to do. You know, if somebody wants to come down, somebody wants to come down south and use a day day off. That's fine, but don't you can't you can't then criticize other people because they can't or don't. Okay, okay. I right. just want to apologise on behalf of all London-based and Southern Mariners for our dereliction of duty uh, during the Sutton away game. We um, we came together as a group to um, to think how best we could help the team, and thought that Sutton was a game in which our our efforts would not necessarily help. So we nominated a few people to go in accordance with the attendance that was there to bring in a respectable percentage of the amount of fans that would be there to in comparison to the home. We took 300 fans in comparison to the 1,200 fans that were there on the day or however many it was, I don't care. Um, and we decided to uh, bring that as well. Those who were there were able to see a game of great performance and great ability and saw the Mariners come away with an unlikely victory. Um, on behalf of everybody in London, the southeast, the southwest, south, and parts of France, we would like to offer cordially our apologies for our poor nature. We will be at Crawley and we will make sure that we make noise because by then I'll have been paid. Thank Could, you for your time. Have, have you been talking to Sam? That very much sounded like I've been repeatedly assured it was not it was not a football game and I shouldn't have gone. I have been told you got you can't do the pointing. That's the thing. You don't do you don't do pointing. What you is do clear? Is you tuck your thumb behind your hand. Yeah. Um, this whoa, has been whoa, an, whoa, a, whoa, a podcast whoa, of apologies. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, Nolan says, if you aren't coming off your left arm to get to every game, you aren't a real fan. I've already cut it off once, Nolan. I can't do it twice. I don't know what Mike's done, but I can just see I've got 20 plus notifications on Twitter. I just I just called you a shithouse on Twitter. Yeah, you know, you told told everyone else to call me a shithouse, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I'll tell you something, that ULES zone is now an anti-Bruce zone. You can't go past it. I haven't read it. I haven't read it now. I haven't read it. For you, sir, it's 50 quid to come into London. Which isn't fucking far off what it is now. Um, I'd have died of paying uh, 20 quid to get into London. Andrew Niles is saying this is turning into a four Yorkshireman <laughs> sketch. That'll you be the lucky bastard. There's only, there's only three of us, though. And I'm yeah. not from Yorkshire. Fucking hell. This is because we're tight. Well, this again, the Southern managers, like Mariners, letting you down. Where's Sam? <laughs> he can't do uh, can He's too busy for the hobnobbing in London. Hobnobbing. He's what doing what? Say. He's doing what? He's not been hob. Um, hob not been. Yeah. It's when you dip. It's when you dip your. Um, you hobbing and hob. Let's 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 kick Bruce off. <laughs> Alex, apologise again. It's when you dip your biscuit in a, in, a, in, a, in a cup of tea in it. We need to do. I'm need. I now need to do a video thing, like an, an, another jingle for apologies. So the we can all start doing apologies. So I listened so during the Fenty years, and you never apologised this much. And there were so many more chances you had to apologise for. 
Right. Mansfield was great. I thought we performed brilliantly. I thought Bryn Morris had a cracking game that day. And I've 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 been wavering on on his performances. Uh, he's got a beauty today as well. Um and it just seemed to peter out a little bit. They seemed to work us out, and it was just a case of not making hay while the sun shone. Is that about right from your guys' perspective? I, I, I yes. wish I'd known who was going on this long, I'd have brought a beer with me. <laughs> I know I didn't bring a drink in here either, and it's really hot in here. Um I'm not looking forward to doing these in the summer in here. This is going to be awful. Um, this this is turning into what it was like at COVID when you couldn't go down the pub on a Saturday night, isn't it? I know. Have we missed? Have we missed? Yeah, we'll have, a zoom. Nice we'll, have a, we'll have a Zoom, lads. Get your beers in. Oh, we'll have a Zoom. Oh my God, Christ! I don't miss those days. I'm thinking of getting an electric bike. Does that help if we want to do that? What are you getting that for? Why are you getting East Future? Like, That'd be funny. Oh, could you imagine me? Have you not seen that video of that person that got absolutely poleaxed on that gate? That'd be me. Oh, that's hilarious. On that, on that metal farm gate or whatever it was. That was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that was good. This is could fine. you imagine me this doing it? Fine. The dent on that poor gate. <laughs> You're like, right. what gate? What gate? Yeah. <laughs> Sticking out my ear. Um, right, we're done. I'm done. I'm going to be at the England game tomorrow. I'm going to look forward to doing that. Crawley on Tuesday night. I've got to talk people through that. Um, and um I'll go and don't disgrace us. And because no one has given our flag back, welcome back the keeper's shape flag. Oh, it's not, is it? Is he going to oh, Wembley? Yeah. Oh, it is, no. yes. Could you imagine yes. if I took it to Wembley? Southgate out. Yeah. <laughs> Lose 5 right, nil. Alex, just, just, do, just do me one thing, right? One fade, one thing, right? Or two things, two things when you go to an England home game. I right. took Maisie last year when we, we did the double header for England and all the shot last, last year. Why were England playing all the shot? Wembley, we did a double header. And um, Wembley, do not put your light on on your phone. It is not a pop concert. All right? Don't let your lad, no matter, even if he's nine, do not let him do that. And do not let him take a begging banner for a shirt because that winds me up something rotten. He's in the top tier. It'll be a fucking good throw. <laughs> that doesn't stop them, mate. When I went, when I went, it was a, it was it was a it was a cross between a charity night and a pop concert. I tell you, it's like a Rod Stewart concert. This pod now, isn't it? It's like looting away. Yeah. Um, done. Great stuff. Done. Any Bye. any AOB? Brighton. No, we'll do that another time. See you later, guys. Bye. See you, at Crawley. Bruce. See you at Crawley. Uh, yeah. Bye. And now the shipping forecast issued by the Met Office on behalf of the Maritime and Coast Guard Agency at 1130. Go! At 